This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you as we continue a theme that we started yesterday. And if you were not with us, the theme this week is the sufficiency of God. And I think it's important to point out, Junie, we will never realize God's sufficiency until we first acknowledge our insufficiency and our own weakness. That opens the door for God's sufficiency and power to work in us as well as through us. And you know, Shelley, the world tells us that we should be sufficient for all things. And when we come to know the Lord, that's when we have a revelation of our own insufficiency to see who he is. So for any one of our listeners, if you're not born again, if you haven't asked Jesus to come into your heart, if you haven't given the Holy One of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob your heart, I really want to encourage you to pray and to find out about the God who created you because he is faithful and he really is sufficient for everything in your life. If you're going through a trial, he's there to comfort you and help you and guide you and deliver you. So we just want to thank the Lord for this opportunity of opening up the scriptures to see the sufficiency of God and how he takes care of us. You know, Junie, while you were talking, it made me think of There's a big difference between men and women, obviously, but I think it's even true when it comes to the issue of being dependent. Men do not like to be dependent, and yet the key to being strong in the Lord is to acknowledge our utter dependence upon the Lord. We read a number of scriptures yesterday, and I'd like to repeat them because that will lay the groundwork for where we're going. For example, in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23, we read these words, I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not in himself, nor is it in man who walks to direct his steps. Proverbs 16, 9, the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Then in Proverbs 20, verse 24, man's steps are ordained by the Lord. How then can man understand his way? So we're seeing there's a a clear picture coming forth that we are dependent upon the Lord. And when we're dependent upon the Lord, we need to recognize his power. We saw in Psalm 31, verse 3, For thou art my rock and my fortress. For thy namesake, 
Thou will lead me and guide me, for thou art my strength. Psalm 32, verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way in which you should go. I will guide you with my eye upon you. That is like God's invitation to all of us, June, that he's waiting to guide us, not just in word only, but with his eye. He'll keep his eye on us so we are guided in a proper way. And you know, Shelley, we need to also question our life. Are we living for his namesake? Or are we living for what we want, we desire, we dream, we hope for? Or are we giving the Lord our life that he might live his resurrected life in and through us for his namesake? Because to be a witness, if we call ourselves believers, if we say we're following God and we live in sin, then we're not his witnesses. Because his witnesses live according to his word, which is alive. Because Jesus is the word made flesh. And we pointed out that we really see this demonstrated in the first century church. The church was led by former fishermen and tax collectors, not men of prominence. And they were weakness. They just had to depend upon the Lord. And in that initial stage of the the church's birth, you might say, we see in Acts chapter 4, verse 33, the word of God says, great grace was upon them all. We also spoke about the beginning of David's army from 1 Samuel 22, verses 1 and 2. And now we'd like to show a, a, a Old Testament demonstration of what we're talking about, a pattern on how we should allow the Lord to direct our steps. So if you have your Bibles, turn with us. We're going to go through Second Chronicles chapter 20, one of the most uh, instructive chapters in all of the Bible. All right, Second Chronicles chapter 20. I'm going to read the first four verses. Now it came about after this that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with some of the Munites, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, out of Aram, and behold, they are in Haazan Tamar, that is, En Gedi. And Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout, the, throughout Judah. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. So three armies were coming against Judah, and these armies outnumbered the army of Judah dramatically. Jehoshaphat the king was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord. In Hebrew, the the definition, the translation is, he was setting his face to seek the Lord. And all Judah gathered together to pray. So we see the first line of defense is what? is seeking the Lord. And I appreciate the reality and the authenticity of the scriptures because it doesn't make Jehoshaphat look like a worldly leader or with that, a worldly mentality, but it said he was afraid. And therefore he immediately turned his attention to seek the face of God. That is the beginning point. All right, let's go on beginning at verse five now. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court And he said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, art thou not God in the heavens? And art thou not under ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in thy hand, so that no one can stand against thee. Did thou not, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land 
before thy people Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, thy friend forever. And they lived in it and have built thee a sanctuary there for, not, for, for thy name's sake, saying, should evil come upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before thee for thy name is in this house and cry to thee in our distress and thou wilt hear and deliver us. So again, Jehoshaphat recognizes the power and the strength and the greatness of God, number one, on what he has done in the past. And there was a confidence in Jehoshaphat that since God is the same yesterday, today and forever, he will act in the same way this time as well. And in verse 9, Shelley, my scripture reads in its translation, should evil come upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house, that's the house of the Lord, Shelley, and before you, meaning the Lord, for your name yes. is in this house and cry to you in our distress and you will heal and deliver us. So even to see what they were crying out for his namesake and his house. Amen. All right, let's go on, beginning at verse 10. And now behold, the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou didst not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, they turned aside from them and did not destroy them. Behold, how they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out from the possession which thou hast given us as an inheritance. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on thee. And all Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. Junie, this is such a testimony on how we should live. Jehoshaphat acknowledged the strength of, of God, the power of God, the authority of God, and acknowledged that they were powerless against the enemy, and even said that they did not know what to do. This is so contrary to the world's mentality or the leaders of, the, of, of governments today. They did not know what to do, but, and here's a, an important but, but their eyes were on the Lord. So they knew where their strength was coming from. So out of weakness, he cried out to the Lord. And this is not a picture, as I said, of a worldly leader. This is a picture of a man whose trust is in the Lord and he knew where his strength lied. That is what true strength really is. When we acknowledge our weakness, we are then in a position to be used by the Lord and bring glory to his name. So these are significant verses. Again, I want to just repeat the end of verse 12. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on thee. All right, continuing on, let's go to verse 14. Then in the midst of the assembly, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benahah, the son of Jael, the son of Madaniah, the Levite of the sons of Asaph. And he said, listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. 
and you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jeruel. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping. And the Levites from the sons of the Kohathites and of the sons of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. It's really an amazing portion of scripture because to hear the Lord speak yes, and yes. say that the battle is not yours but mine and to stand still and see the salvation of God, it caused Jehoshaphat to bow down before the Lord and to worship him. So might every one of the listeners and you and I know for your life and my life that the battle is not ours, but the Lord. And we will worship the Lord, the King of glory, and ask him for our own lives and our own circumstances to really deliver us and heal us and work in us and through us. Father, we thank you, Lord. Lord. We bless your holy name and acknowledge this day. And I pray that every one of our listeners will acknowledge that in our weakness, you can demonstrate your strength. Thank you, Lord. When we do not know what to do, the first thing we should do is call upon the name of the Lord and And keep our eyes eyes centered on on you. We pray this in Yeshua's holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.